Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout Podcast. This is episode number five, Ask Amber Anything. You guys, this week for the Ask Amber Anything questions, your questions, your topics, your different stories were so good. I couldn't leave any of them unanswered. So this week, I'm breaking it up into two episodes. Episodes five and six are dedicated to Ask Amber Anything. In this first part, I'll be covering how mundane tasks can contribute to burnout, the difference between burnout and being bored, also known as a bore out, setting boundaries within family systems, triangulation, and silencing your inner critic. We're getting right to it, and let me tell you, part two is extra juicy, so you're not going to want to miss that either. Let's get right to it in three two, one. Welcome to the Heal Your Burnout podcast, where us hustlers come together to have solution-focused conversations weekly. My name is Amber Connolly, a former burnt-out clinician and academic turned transformative coach. If you are a productive patty, miss I can do it all, or if you are ready to ditch the exhaustion, you have come to the right place. Each week, I'll be providing you with wellness tips and trainings inspiring you to look within, replace habits that are keeping you stuck, and offering insights to help you maintain your brilliance. If you are craving clarity, self-care, support, and mindset hacks, look no further. This is where your energy can be reignited and your hope can be restored. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Heal Your Burnout podcast. This is part one of part two, Ask Amber Anything. We're getting right into it. The first question here we have, the fact that burnout can be caused by mundane work as well as overwhelming work is really interesting to me. I would be interested to hear your thoughts on how to best deal with both scenarios when you're not feeling challenged and when you're feeling like you're drowning in work. Thanks. Okay, so this person wants me to talk about the difference between not being challenged and being overwhelmed. And I definitely could relate to both situations, and I'm sure many listeners out there can relate to both situations as well. And I don't know about you, but when I found myself in that bored phase, also known as a bore out, a bore out is when you're not feeling challenged in the workplace and you're feeling disengaged. I remember being there and feeling so guilty that I was there. I felt so guilty that I wasn't challenged, so I would try to really drag out the tasks that I was given and I would try to make myself look really busy. I would search for different things to do so it looked like I was busy but really I just was waiting until the last minute to get the tasks done because I really wanted that little extra push at the end or that rush of adrenaline to make sure I got the tasks done. And when I was there I felt guilty. I felt like I was half beating myself up like I must be missing something. I must not be doing something right. I got to be missing something. This can't be this easy. But then on the other side, I thought, it is this easy. You should be grateful. This is easy and you're making good money. So just suck it up and do it. So it was kind of this dance of you're not good enough and why aren't you grateful enough? And it ultimately led me to feeling incredibly exhausted And some hallmark signs of going through this bore out phase would be the disengagement, feeling bored, feeling like you're not challenged, 
attempting to appear busy or drag out tasks, coming in late, leaving early, calling off, dissociating from the workplace. And the research shows that it doesn't matter how long you've been at a job. It doesn't matter if you've been there several days or several weeks, several years, several decades. It doesn't matter. Time is not relevant. A bore out could happen at any time. It could leave you feeling cynical. It could leave you feeling worthless. And it does feel like you're stuck. Now, a bore out is very different, and I want to be extremely clear. It's different than feeling overwhelmed. The tricky thing is doing the same task over and over and feeling underappreciated, undervalued, not challenged. All of those things can lead to burnout as can being overwhelmed. So the tricky part is identifying if you're feeling burnt out, you're feeling exhausted, fatigued, you're feeling cynical, disconnected from the workplace. If you're feeling those things, those signs of burnout, then the next question would be, look at am I overwhelmed or am I bored? If you are overwhelmed, it would be a different picture than that stuck feeling, that disconnected feeling. You could be overwhelmed and disconnected, but typically when you're overwhelmed, you feel like your to-do list is overflowing, like it's never done, and you feel like you're on heightened alert at all times. You feel compelled to always be connected, and you're always trying to keep everything together. You're spread too thin. That's the overwhelmed picture. If, If we were to envision being bored or your bore out is being stuck in your comfort zone and being overwhelmed as stuck in your effort zone. When you're overwhelmed, you're trying so hard to do 50 million things and putting impossible standards on yourself, usually most of the time. Whereas when you're bored, you're just in your comfort zone trying to figure out what to do next. And you might even be like me beating yourself up for not appreciating what you have or feeling guilty for for not being good enough. Who knows? So what the heck could you do about it? Well, let's first talk about if your work is mundane, what can you do? And I always say this. I'm not the expert at your life. You are the expert at your life. So the answers that you need are are deep down within you. It just takes asking yourself the right questions. So consider... Okay, you're bored. Accept that first. That's step one. You're bored, period. Step number two, ask yourself, why am I bored? What is draining my energy? And on the flip side, what gives me energy? Furthering along that conversation, what do you love doing? What do you hate doing? What are you good at? And these could be things related to your job and unrelated to your job. What are you good at? And start considering how can you do more of what you're good at and more of what energizes you throughout your day. And this is going to look different for everyone. For somebody listening, it could mean talking to your boss and taking on more projects in the workplace. For other people, it might mean doing certain things throughout your day to lift your energy, like going for a walk, making sure you're drinking enough water. It could mean scheduling breaks throughout your day. For everyone, it would look different. So some things to ask yourself is, what do I need next? 
Do I need to have a discussion with my boss? Do I need to let my boss know, hey, these are my strengths. This is what I enjoy doing. And I'm finding that I'm not doing any any of it in my day-to-day. And I would love to do more of the things that I'm good at. And yes, that's a difficult conversation to have. But you need to think about it. Employers want productive employees. And if you're bored, eventually you're going to become unproductive. If you're not there yet, eventually you will get there. And if you're an underutilized employee, your employer wants to utilize you. So having this conversation could really be a win-win all around. Consider if you need to talk to your manager, your boss, and think about what you would want to ask for. Would you want to ask for more projects? Would you want to ask to shadow in another department? What is it? What can you do to grow? What can you do to challenge yourself? What can you do personally? Maybe it's investing in a class. Maybe it's investing in a mentor. Maybe it's investing in a coach. Maybe it's investing in your personal brand. Okay, you're bored in the workplace. All right, well, figure out what you're good at. Figure out what you enjoy. Go clean up your LinkedIn profile and go out there and look for more opportunities. Talk to other people. Find a mentor. Find someone who could navigate this process with you. If you find yourself getting drained throughout the day, and this doesn't just have to be work-related, this could just be life-related, simply, you're drained throughout the day, well, why? What's draining your energy? And when you look at the list of things draining your energy, ask yourself, what can I do less of? And I know there's people out there listening saying, well, I can't do less laundry or I can't do less cooking, laundry, cooking, cleaning. These are part of life. Yes, they are part of life. But if they're draining you and if you're working 10, 12 hours a day and the last thing you want to do is cook dinner when you come home and you find yourself heating up SpaghettiOs or eating cold SpaghettiOs, then hey, it might be time to outsource that. It might be time to get a meal prep service. It might be time for you to go for a walk after work instead of cleaning your house and outsource your cleaning. There's no shame in that. You don't have to do everything and anything and if you have the resources available, outsource it. You can't do everything by yourself at all times and be everything to everyone. So outsourcing could always be an option. And what are non-negotiables? What are things that drain your energy but you simply have to do? And what can you do to make them more enjoyable? Caveat here being there are little things in life that you have to do. It's usually a pressure that we put on ourselves that really there are other solutions available and there are other options. Another thing to consider is what is this costing you? What could it look like for you to trade away your boredom for energy? And the reason why I have these reflective questions on the list here is because the things that I'm asking you to do, the the questions that I'm proposing, the the work that I'm asking you to do, looking within yourself and considering all your options and then having these hard conversations with your boss, making these decisions to invest in outsourcing, these are really hard things. I know I'm saying them fairly quickly. However, they're hard. So if you're not clear on your why and if you're not committed to really investing the time and the energy into moving forward, If you're not clear on why you're doing it, then it's going to be really easy to just stay in your comfort zone and to stay bored. So get clear on what this boredom is costing you and what the other side could look like. Finally, no shame in going to therapy. 
hire a mentor, hire a coach, go to therapy, find someone to walk out this journey with you. Because it's not worth being bored, disengaged, cynical, all of those things. And life is too short. You spend a majority of your time at work. You don't want to spend all of it hating your life, that's for sure. Next up, what happens if you're overwhelmed? Well, here are some tips for being overwhelmed. When you're overwhelmed, it's usually because your your to-do list is overflowing and you might find yourself spending way too much time worrying about all that you have to do versus actually getting things done. So something that I found really useful, and I know my clients have found really useful, is getting better at managing your time. And one of my favorite ways to do that is to schedule in worry so that you could maximize your productive time and not make it worry time. So for example, you wake up, it's a Monday morning, and you are so overwhelmed. You wake up, your stomach is churning, and you think, I don't even know what I'm doing today. I don't even have my lunch made. I don't even know what my priorities are. Okay, pause. Pause, pause, pause. Step one, brain dump everything that you have to do. Get it out there, get it on paper. Step two, prioritize. Make a punch list for your day of what you're going to get done. That punch list should not be much greater than three to five things. And you're going to write your punch list for the day and you're going to go from there. Now, the problem is you're going to start worrying, well, what about all the other 18 things I didn't put on my punch list? Okay, you're going to look at your calendar and you're going to say, Tonight at 6.30, I'm going to worry about the 18 other things. And I'm going to spend a whole 15 minutes worrying about the 18 other things. For now, I am going to focus on these top three to five things. I'm going to work my way from top to bottom, and that's what I'm going to do. And you chip away one thing at a time. Another method could be time blocking. This is one of my favorite things to do because we're not robots. We're not programmed to be productive 24-7. So... When you are deciding to be productive, I found it's so beneficial to go all in. So to set a timer and say for this 45 to 50 minute block, I am all in, I am productive. I'm not gonna worry, my worry time is scheduled already. I'm giving it my best 50 minutes and when my timer goes off, I'm gonna take 10 to 15 minutes and then I'm gonna start it over again, working on my punch list. I found that when we're feeling overwhelmed, being able to prioritize time block and schedule and worry has been life-changing. And it also gives you permission to worry and, and to not suppress that worry. And I promise you, usually when your, your scheduled worry time comes up, you feel a lot better and you don't feel as overwhelmed. And th- these are just some these are just some tips on, on what you can do. And when you're looking at your brain dump list, consider some of the questions we talked about for the bore out. What, what can you outsource? What needs to be done now? What is priority? How can you ask for help? And be sure to plan in when you're scheduling your day, schedule in your worry, yes, but also schedule in your celebration. Schedule in time to celebrate all the things that you got done for the day. Because if you're the person you spend the most time with, if you're in your head constantly saying, Amber, you're such a loser. You didn't get everything that you wanted to get done today. Oh my gosh, you're so lazy. Why are you doing this? You do this every day. Tomorrow's going to come and again, you're not going to get anything done. If you're saying these things to yourself on repeat all day long, of course you're going to be exhausted. So scheduling time to actually celebrate and to say to yourself, hey self, 
great job today. I know you woke up, you weren't feeling it, but you know what? You got your punch list done. You have your punch list ready for tomorrow. Great job. I'm proud of you. And the more you practice that positive self-talk, the easier it will get. And we'll chat more about um, self-talk in in a future episode because self-talk is so, so important. I hope that helps. You need to report back. Let us know how these practices work for you. And I hope you find those tips useful. Moving right along, question number two. Amber, can you talk about being a buffer between family members that have had a disagreement in the past and are uncomfortable so they always have me there to diffuse the situation and I feel like I never enjoy the time with the whole family when they get together because I'm on edge the whole time. Just advice on how to handle that would be helpful. Thanks. All right. This sounds like a classic triangulation situation. And this is something that comes up very frequently, especially in family systems. So what triangulation means is you have three parties involved. In this situation, we have party A, which is the sibling, the adult sibling. Then we have party B, our person that wrote in to the podcast. And then we have party C, who are the parents in this situation. So in this situation, the two family members at odds are parents and an adult sibling. I know this because I asked some follow-up questions after the question was submitted. So you have this adult sibling and parents at odds, and we have our writer in the middle. In a triangulation situation, you have a person, person A, who vents about person C to person B, And then you have person C who vents about person A to person B and person A and C never resolve their situation. This doesn't always mean venting. It could mean that simply A and C are at odds and then B is an uncomfortable situation trying to diffuse or trying to mediate the situation. So this person also expanded on in my follow-up questions that She has had multiple conversations with her adult sibling about only communicating with her and not with the parents too in group text to foster direct communication, which um, I really congratulate you for, listener, because that just speaks to really your desire to set boundaries and your desire for direct communication because triangulation is the opposite of direct communication. It is passive-aggressive. It is indirect, and ultimately, it's it's an unhealthy communication tactic. So what can you do to move forward? Well, first, thank you so much for writing in. Congratulations on setting that boundary with your adult sibling. I, I think that you need more boundaries here, and you need to ask yourself, what isn't working for me here? And based on what you wrote in, it sounds like, you're on edge the whole time that you're together because you're with these two parties that are they're at odds with one another. So one, ask yourself, what isn't working here? Two, what would an ideal solution be? Three, how can you make that ideal solution happen? So this is me just going with um, my gut reaction. And again, you know best what you need to do So it seems like what's not working here for you is being the mediator between the family members at odds. So what needs to happen next? Is it 
setting a boundary where you will spend individualized time with both parties but not all at once because it's too stressful? Is it having a conversation with both parties and saying, I love you but I can't hear about your disagreement anymore? What is it? Where do you need to set that boundary? And if you need to not attend events where both of them are there, I know as a reformed people pleaser that inside you, you're probably screaming at yourself thinking, I don't want to let anyone down. And I'm thinking that that fear of not wanting to let anyone down put you into this middleman situation. And what I'm about to say is going to be really direct. You're going to let them down because you're about to change the rules of the family system. You're about to rock their world. You're about to say, I'm not going to be the middleman anymore. And you could do this without even saying it. You could do it by simply not attending events where both of them are there. And by you doing that, your actions are speaking for what you will or won't tolerate. Will they be let down? Yes, because they're not used to you doing that. So how do you cope with that disappointment? What do you need to remind yourself that you are worthy? You are worthy of feeling happy. You are worthy of not being in situations where you feel like you're on edge. You are worthy of choosing yourself and choosing your well-being over sacrificing yourself to be the middleman. Ask yourself, what do I need to feel safe and how can I remind myself of my commitment to choose me and not to abandon myself and put the needs of others first? Also consider, why do you feel like you need to mediate? Why do you feel like you need to be there? Ultimately, you get to define what you will tolerate and what you won't and you get to teach people how to treat you. So think through, what would an ideal situation or an ideal solution be for you And how can you get there? What conversations do you need to have? And tie back to your worthiness. Remember, you are worthy of setting boundaries. Boundaries are not selfish. They are loving. And they allow you to be the most authentic version of yourself. I hope that this helps. You need to report back and let us know how this goes. And for those of you listening, if you have questions that you would like me to answer on the next edition of Ask Amber Anything, you could email in your questions or your situations to Amber Connolly Coaching, two N's, two L's, and a Y at gmail.com. Or you could DM me them on Instagram. My handle is at Amber underscore Connolly, C-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y underscore. Stay tuned because in part two, we have really good questions coming up. We're going to be talking about getting ghosted during the pandemic, help my fiance is obsessed with liking instagram models booty pictures feeling overwhelmed to find wellness and so much more you're not going to want to miss it tune in to part two and i will talk to you soon thanks for listening hey friend before you leave please head on over to itunes podcast and search for heal your burnout go ahead and hit that subscribe button Give us a five-star review and help us spread the word about our show. I would love to connect with you on social media. My Instagram handle is at Amber underscore Connolly underscore. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love and light. And I can't wait to keep moving forward with you.